Welcome to Analyze This Halloween. It is I, Hannah Galb, and I am your host today. And I have two very special guests, Amanda McLaughlin and Julia Shafini from the Wonderful Spirits podcast. And it was my first time hosting all on my own, and they were so nice. I'm so excited for you to hear this episode. We tell many scary stories. However, Something weird happened and we lost some of the audio. So the last couple minutes are going to sound kind of weird. I'm guessing because my microphone was haunted on the day that we recorded. So hang in there. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, 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 everybody. This is Hannah Gelb. Welcome to Analyze This Halloween Yes, this year we have the good fortune of Halloween falling on Thursday. It's very exciting. And Hannah Hart could not be here because she is busy being cool, taking over the world, being on set, whatever that means, having cool hair. But I do have Julia Shafini and Amanda McLaughlin from Spirits Podcast. Hey. Just in case any earbuds are not familiar, we did have Julia Shafini on a little while ago, and she was amazing, and I have a crush on her. I hope that's not weird. Um, <laughs> I'm prepared to have a crush on Amanda as well. Oh, you will. Amanda, <laughs> that's what I like, that confidence. Amanda and Julia host Spirits Podcast, where they make cool drinks, and they talk about mythology, folklore, and legends. You guys also talk about mental health sometimes. Is that right? We do. Yeah. Uh, A big part of the show is examining stories from our past through the lens of today. And I think a lot of the mythology and folklore that we talk about can, you know, very much relate to our mental health or we tend to look at things through a feminist queer lens because that's who we are as people. And because we are people and we are part of the communities that are telling these stories, uh, it's important to see ourselves in these stories. And Spirits very much started from Julia and me, who've known each other since kindergarten, reconnecting after college and talking about the kinds of things we would talk about at happy hour. So as with any, you know, best friend, you talk about everything that's going on. And over the, you know, almost four years that we've been doing Spirits, there's been a lot of personal growth, new challenges, you know, old challenges. And it's amazing Mm -hmm. to be able to talk about those things while entertaining and getting on a light buzz. Mm -hmm. Wow, that is so cool. And so meta. God, I just love it so much. (laughs) I'm just like sitting (laughs) and spooky a little bit. I was listening to one of your guys' recent episodes where you watched Princess Mononoke for the first time. Yes. Oh, my God. So I would like to geek out with you. And also, I need to mention that, <laughs> as I've said, I have not met Amanda before today. But I do know that she owns one Blu-ray, and that is the complete West Wing. <laughs> That's correct. That's correct. One so DVD. Like yes. I think it's, it's not even set. a Blu-ray. No, oh, it's not. No. It's it's a box set with like a presidential seal on it. <laughs> and currently it's holding up my TV because I, I moved recently and I don't have a TV stand yet. <laughs> <laughs> 
It is, in fact, a running joke, though, because our wonderful editor, Eric, is the biggest proponent of Blu-ray that I've ever met in my entire life. He is, to be clear, a normal. He's just normally like, you know, Blu-rays, I think, are a better value than DVDs. But because we're friends and we razz each other like friends do, we're like, Mm -hmm. oh, God, Eric, obsessed with Blu-rays. He loves that Blu-ray. He's like a hundred of them. Whoa. You're like, yeah, can you give me some of those so I can uh, prop up other pieces of furniture? That'd be great. Mm-hmm. A, uh, a listener recently sent us a DVD of Kiki's Delivery Service Ooh. after hearing that episode. So I will bring <gasps> my uh, my office count to one and my home count to one. Good. Perfect. <laughs> I think those are really the only two things you need. The two of those together kind of encompass all moods any human could possibly be in, you know? That's true. That's true. I mean, I think I think the characters in Princess Mononoke encompass every mood and like life and wife goal that you could possibly have oh yes every archetype every it's like birth death creation like the universe just got everything <laughs> is eboshi problematic yes would i follow her on instagram and have noties for new posts yeah i would oh absolutely i would i love that miyazaki has so many amazing female characters and it's never like a big deal like, no one's mm-hmm. like, Miyazaki, talk about your choice to have a woman who not only yeah. talks, but has a personality in your films. They're just there. And it's so great. And nary a boob. Not one to boob. <laughs> no. Dressed for function. <laughs> nary a boob. <laughs> you got lipstick and a gun. What else do you need? I don't know. <laughs> I, I should have dressed as Kiki as a kid, but I didn't know the film in time. But there's still time. Maybe in the years to didn't come. didn't know so many films, though. <laughs> <laughs> I also oh, want to dress as a forest spirit, not going to lie. Yeah. Interesting you bring that up because this episode is going to air on Halloween. Will you guys be dressing up this year for Halloween? Ooh, okay. So I typically don't dress up for Halloween. Now that my husband and I have a, a house, he has a tradition of dressing up as Michael Myers and scaring children. And then any children that can get past him, I then give candy to. That's incredible. <laughs> I need to come spend <laughs> Halloween with you guys. That's so good. very good. I have pictures from last year, right before we left for uh, Patreon, of him just standing in the street terrorizing some teens. Incredible. It's very good. Oh my god! Wow, you got to like get the names down of those kids who do make it because I feel like they're going to be like the movers and shakers, you know, that we'll be hearing about in, like five to ten years. Okay, here's a concept: you pour a new concrete walkway, mm-hmm. you pour a new slab each Halloween. And the kids who make it put their handprints in the slab. But the caption is something incredibly foreboding. Ooh. So whenever someone, you know, buys the house or stumbles across it walking their dog, it's like, oh, God, why? What do you mean these children are memorialized here? Oh, no. Yeah. Terrifying. I love that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. Are you dressing up? You know, I do. I'm very torn. I have a lot of ideas. I kind of want to be Sam Winchester from Supernatural. But Very that's good. like too, just a little too easy, I feel. You could be like a version of Sam, you know, oh, like yes. Sam from this particular episode. That's my favorite kind of fan art is like, I want to give you, you know, uh, Triways Tournament, Harry. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. I could be just sad, sad Sam Winchester, except that would be like every episode. That is a lot of the episodes. <laughs> Also, since I'm in charge, I'm going to ask, are you guys Supernatural fans? I don't know if we talked about this before ever. I've seen the first either three or four seasons. And then I... That's very respectable. And then I hit a depression arc in college and then just stopped watching the show. (laughs) And I was an active Tumblr user from 2009 to, you know, 2013. (laughs) So therefore, I am familiar with the the plot arc. Say no more. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I've I've enough of my like favorite fanfic authors have made supernatural crossovers or written supernatural fic that I like have the wiki up on one side as I read their fic because there are some authors where if they post something new, you get into that fandom. Did I want to watch mm, Black Sails? Mm-hmm. No. But did I watch Black Sails because my favorite writers were writing Black Sails? Yeah, I did. Yeah, that's the most you statement you've made in a very long time. (laughs) All right. I love when I like reverse engineer myself coming to a fandom that way when you're like, Mm -hmm. that's kind of actually how I got into Supernatural. I was just reading the fic. And then I was like, well, shit, I got to watch this show now. And I never looked back. You know, I also, okay, here's what I think I'm going to be actually this year for Halloween. A snack. Literally and figuratively. Ooh. Like a sensual a cherry tomato basil burrata combo. Love it. Love <laughs> Incredible. it. <laughs> I was picturing like a hummus carrot snack pack, which would also be very good. <laughs> yes, very that would good. be. Yes. I don't Just know if a that's dunkaroo. as sexy. <laughs> yes, you could be a sexy well. dunkaroo, Julia. I want to be a sexy dunkaroo. It would be a strong choice, but it would be a strong choice. Thank you. <laughs> Here's something I also want to be for Halloween slash want to be this in life. I want to be a Russian folklore deity who has many long-haired cats. Are there any such <laughs> legends that exist <laughs> that you can teach me about? I'm not sure that Baba Yaga owns cats canonically, but I feel like it's a choice that she would make. Yeah. And I think it's a bold choice. Or cats would just be inexplicably attracted to her mm-hmm. and like, you know, scratch themselves on the chicken feet of her home. Yes, exactly. I'm glad you got the chicken feet. Cats chasing the chicken would be very cute. Yeah, it would be very cute. They'd either chase it oh. or like make friends and just sit on its feet. Mm-hmm. So if you want to go full Russian crone for Halloween, <laughs> highly recommend Baba Yaga. Okay, that sounds very promising. Wait, so can you tell me a little more about How do you say it? Baba Yaga. Or Baba, Baba Yaga, Yaga, as those of okay. us without any pronunciation. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's training. just where the emphasis is, you yeah. know? So basically a folklore character from Russia. Um, the best way to describe it, to, so like people who don't know about it would understand it, is you know the witch in like every fairy tale? Mm, like just, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. that crone character. She lives in the woods. You can make a deal with her to like, you know, get something that you need or want. That's Baba Yaga, right, right, except right. she's like... That, but, like, turned up to, like, 11 is a good way to describe it. (laughs) So instead of riding around on a broom, she rides around on a mortar and pestle. You know, she grinds it between her legs and then she flies off. It's incredible. It's incredible. It's so good. Also, her her house is very hard to find because it has chicken legs. And so it keeps moving around the forest that she said to occupy. I have never been more proud of my Russian heritage than at this moment. (laughs) I'm glad I could give this to you. (laughs) And she's not entirely good or evil right she shows up what i love about russian folklore is that it's like the mcu of folklore like there are lots of stories where the characters meet each other at different points in their lives or their stories interact or the protagonist of one tale ends up being a side character in the other one so baba yaga is sometimes helpful sometimes is a good thing to run into on your journey sometimes it sets you back mm-hmm. so i i love a, oh. a complex woman character she's like a chaotic neutral i would yeah, say which is oh, the most entertaining cool. alignment <laughs> <laughs> oh, so there is like a, a pantheon, kind of like the Norse gods. They kind of like float in and out of each other's lives and yeah. cause havoc, etc. Oh, so cool. Gosh, well, I do want to talk about Russian folklore more, but we're going to be reading scary stories sent in by our patrons. We're going to read each story and then have wonderful Julia and Amanda hopefully diagnose what's going on 
Sure. Maybe prescribe something to rectify the situation if uh, it calls for that. And also just uh, get freaked out. So let's get ready for that. This is delightful. We do something similar once a month. Our listeners send in their own urban legends, and it's mostly Mm -hmm. us reacting and trying to scare each other with the stories. It's very good. (laughs) I'm so excited for this. It's extremely entertaining. (laughs) And we also sort of give people, like, you know how in horror movies when you yell at the protagonist, like, don't answer the phone or like, lie there behind (laughs) you. That's my favorite way to react to these stories. Mm -hmm. So thank you to the patrons who sent these in. Please don't be offended if I'm like, don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, I'm fully prepared to just, yeah, line by line, break this down. Our first story is from patron Tallulah. And here is what she said. For the past seven years, I've worked for a small distillery in West Virginia making liqueurs out of moonshine. (gasps) Already living your best life. So cool. Yeah. First of all, I was like, wait. I thought you don't make things out of moonshine. I thought moonshine is something you make from other things. Am I wrong about this? So moonshine is uh, like a grain alcohol is a good way to describe it. So usually it's used as a base for other alcohols, but you can drink it straight, especially if you flavor it. Yeah, like bitters are just sort of like vodka steeped with stuff. Like you can make bitters out of like, you know, putting cinnamon and star anise and like orange peel and just fucking like Everclear or Mm -hmm. whatever. So moonshine can also be used in a similar way where you make something else out of it, you flavor it, you blend it with other things, you like age it in different materials. Yeah. Okay, cool. Oh my gosh. I love that you guys are experts in all things, not just myths and stories. (laughs) We do our Please don't call me an expert drinker to my mother. (laughs) My parents have given up on me. (laughs) Well, now I'm going to have to find her and talk to her about this. So the distillery had a tasting room, which was a little cabin on a piece of property with all kinds of history going back to the early 1700s. Unfortunately, Tallulah did not include what any of that history was. So we're just going to have to imagine. We're just going to say probably pirates were involved. I don't know how I think that since West okay. Virginia is a landlocked country. I was going to be like, you know, a full choice. State. Uh, <laughs> I feel like there were like privateers on the Mississippi. We can we can go with that. And like trappers on the cricks. Just general vagabondery. The cabin was longer than it was wide with six very small rooms, three upstairs and three downstairs stacked on top of each other. It sat on a hill in the woods down a driveway that was about one third of a mile long and it no, felt very too solitary. Long. Too long. Too <laughs> far away from things. No. Already, I don't like that many rooms. Open floor plan is great for deterring ghosts. Too many rooms. You got too many doors. Too many walls. Too many creaky floorboards. Mm-hmm. Don't like that whatsoever. Oh my gosh. I cannot. That is such an excellent point. It's like, if you have more doors you have, the more opportunities you're just giving the spirits to close doors in a freaky manner. Like, why mm-hmm. would you put yourself in this situation? Oh my goodness. I mean, working at a distillery, fair enough. You got to make some compromises. Mm-hmm. If I can't walk to the end of my driveway within five minutes, that's too long a driveway. Yeah, you you could be like cinematically caught by whatever is pursuing you just before reaching the end. Mm-hmm. And that's too long. Yeah. The driveway was one third of a mile long. It felt very solitary when nobody was around. But when it was open, it was the biggest tourist attraction in the eastern panhandle. And it definitely had permanent residents, too. Dot, dot, dot. By that, I mean one's no longer living. Yes. <laughs> I love this. This patron has a flair for the word smithery. <laughs> love a dramatic reading. Yes. So many of my coworkers had different experiences regarding these residents, but I must admit that I'm a skeptic and never really had any of those experiences until this one particular night about two years ago. We had live local music every Friday and Saturday for our customers to enjoy. 
one late Saturday night, we had one of our favorite groups, a trio with a fiddle, guitar, harmonica. Now you may think, why is Hannah Gill reading this detail? Don't worry, that's going to be important later. It's going to be relevant. (laughs) It started to snow outside. It was about a quarter after eight, just after we closed. And even though we'd hardly had customers because of the weather, the musicians were playing for fun and to entertain us while we worked in the music room, as we called it, which was directly above the main tasting room. If you have a music room, there are too many rooms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> too many rooms in this cabin. I mean, I would say probably eight out of ten music rooms in the existence are haunted, right? Like, yeah, I mean, typically you would have a music room in like a Victorian mansion where the, mm-hmm. the woman of the house died mysteriously 200 years ago. Or in a high school where it's likely near the chorus and or like theater rooms which means that it is definitely housing the most chaotic energy possible yes. of the most chaotic age possible. Yes. So don't like that oh one bit. Oh my goodness. Everyone's like, that's the music room. No one really uses it anymore since it kind of burned down 30 years ago, but yep. you know. <laughs> For some reason, there's no air in there and it's 10 degrees cooler. Hmm. Strange. <laughs> no, but this scene sounds very idyllic and I'm worried yes. about what's going to happen. <laughs> I know. I'm like, this is scary, but I kind of wish I was there still. So the musicians finished playing. They came downstairs to say goodbye, load their gear. We were cleaning up in the tasting room and the kitchen down the hall on the first floor. Nobody was upstairs because we had done most of the cleaning and locking up earlier. The only room left to turn off lights and sweep in was the music room. So we're laughing and joking in the tasting room where we congregated when work was done. We're waiting to clock out. And that's when we heard right above our heads a bow being slowly drawn across the strings of the fiddle (gasps) back and forth. And then once again, back and forth. And then in all caps, we all looked at each other. (laughs) So good. So two of the band were outside. One was standing there with us. She ran upstairs. I can't. She ran upstairs. Why? How brave is this person? Uh, I I think you need to live your life every day like you're in a horror film. And just think about mm. the choices you make before you do them. Totally agree. <laughs> Will Amanda and Julia and the Hannahs yell at me later if I write in about the story and somehow survive? Yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> she ran upstairs to see what had happened. She came back down to say that the fiddle was lying on the seat of a chair with the bow propped up on the floor beside the chair, exactly the way that she had left it. We all just kept looking at each other. Nobody knew what to say. And then we left quickly. Good. Okay. See, we made the correct decision this time. Very good. <laughs> yes. She does mention that her boss is, how do you say, sympathetic to the vibrations of other worlds, perhaps. And okay. she actually had a discussion with the spirits and told them Ooh. they could stay and they were welcome, but only okay. as long as they did not frighten her staff or scare away customers. Okay. Since that, nothing scary happened. And we do find helpful spirits around in folklore, like yeah. the Dome of Wear, my favorite example. Yes. I mentioned that last episode. So good. <laughs> Little helper friends. That's right. Some spirits are just like, they're just here, like us, you know, trying to live their best yeah. life. If I've learned anything from doing the Hometown Urban Legends episodes that we do and the listener submitted stories that we read, it's that a lot of times when you have a ghost that also works with retail employees, they, or, or, <laughs> or exists in a place where retail is happening. Yeah, like service uh, industry. Like bars and, you know, that kind of stuff. Typically, the ghost just like kind of wants attention. 
And the more that Ooh. you just kind of like talk to the ghost, be like, sup, Jim, how you doing today? Everything good? All right. Yeah, man. I heard what you did with the uh, the fiddle the other day. That's pretty cool. You want us to play some music <laughs> while we're cleaning up? Sweet. The like the more chill you are with the ghost and the more like just talk to it like it's a person instead of like, oh, no, the ghost, the more likely mm. the ghost is going to be like kind of chill. Okay. Wait. So are you saying the retail environment attracts the sort of spirit that wants attention? No, I'm saying that typically when you work in an area and you have high turnover, I think the ghost is just oh. bored and lonely. Yeah, feel uh-huh. ignored. Also, we should stop making retail places where there's haunted houses and stuff like that. Yeah, that's very true. Okay. I'm just thinking if someone was like, oh, yeah, there was a brutal murder in that house. They're like, why don't we turn it into a brewery? Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, some people just don't do their homework, you know? That's why they have to have in certain... <laughs> In certain states, in real estate markets, they will have signs on the for sale sign where it just says not haunted. And you're like, I don't believe you. Cause you oh, my gosh. I saw that, I think, on Amanda's Twitter today. I yes. was like, what? That is some East Coast shit. We do not have cool Yeah, like I think California. that's a New England thing. That's definitely, they don't have that in New York, but they do definitely have that in like Massachusetts, I feel like. Yeah, too dense too old, too many histories of pillaging and violence. There's just going to be some odds of haunting that are higher there than other places. My goodness. Gosh, so fascinating. Okay, well, there you go, Tallulah. So I feel like maybe just set out an extra beer get a kazoo maybe and be like hey if anyone's here and they want to jam a little bit yeah i I mean it seems like that ghost liked music so like play some more music around them leave out a harmonica see if they want to play a little bit i like like, keep them entertained and just say you know hello and goodbye okay like being nice to your siri it is yeah or or the sort of like (laughs) marie kondo thank the items in the home and and cultivate a good atmosphere for yourself good want to just say good morning and good night to the ghost do you think that like several ghosts and spirits are upset with the new like introduction of Siri and Alexa in people's lives? Like they're like, oh, finally someone's talking to me. And I'm like, oh, god damn it, they're just talking to Alexa again. Can't believe it. Especially ghost name Alexa. That's true. <laughs> it is a pretty, I mean, a, a fairly narrow margin, but. Mm-hmm. Well, let us go to our next story. So this one is from our patron, Sandra, who's actually from Norway, which I imagine is just filled with amazing, fantastic folklore mythology. There's a lot of good folklore there, for sure. She starts out by saying, on November 11th, 2008, my friend and I were 11 years old and playing together. We Hold on. We have a rule on spirits where it's the more specific the date and time of the incident, the worse the thing is. Absolutely. It's more <laughs> horrifying when I know the specific date and age that you were when yeah. you were doing this thing. I'm also immediately anticipating something awful happening. Yep. If you had said like one fall when I was 11, I'd be like, oh, great. Did you learn to ride a bike? Did you meet a best friend? Did you realize you were gay? <laughs> on November 11th. <laughs> oh, <fuck>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, why is that? It's just like, I can't remember like what I ate for breakfast last week and on what day. Mm. But if someone knows exactly what day a thing is, it has to have been very traumatic. Yeah, exactly. Or <gasps> right. it's sort of like a like a journalistic setting, you mm-hmm. know, where you'll watch a mm-hmm. war documentary and it's like April 22nd, 1940. And I'm like, OK, well, how many millions of people, you know, died yeah. this time? Oh, so, yeah, God, it's yes. something about marking a moment 
before which everything was different, you know, and after which everything oh. changed. <gasps> what a cool way to put it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Well, prepare yourselves for something very terrible. I mean, I was a little horrified because I was reading it and I was like, huh, why does this sound so strange to me? Oh, it's because you were 11 years old in, in 2008, 2008. Yep. which mm-hmm. makes me feel super old. <laughs> I was goofing around. My friend was mimicking me when her kneecap was dislocated. It was horrible. And then stuff kept happening, like unexplainable stuff that was always connected with the number 11. I remember at a birthday, we were all making individual mini pizzas for breakfast. And I realized that hers was in the oven at 11, 11 a.m. And exactly then, when we realized the time, her pizza started burning. Nobody else's, just hers. In time, she became very scared of the number 11. So years later, when the date 11, 11, 11 came around, this friend was on her mind. She looked for her in school. And suddenly when the clock hit 11, 11 on 11, 11, 11, I saw her crying uncontrollably on the other end of the hall. No. I still feel haunted by that number for her. And then it just ends. Oh, no. <laughs> like, we don't know what happened. I can't remember what the phenomenon is, but seeing patterns in the Bader-Meinhof effect. Yes, that's it. That That is when you see something that you just learned about. Yes. Like you get a certain car and then you see that car everywhere. Or yeah. you learn what an ATM is and then you see ATM signs everywhere. Seeing patterns <laughs> in the world. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So I'm pretty sure that's what happened to her friend. But then it became almost like a phobia yeah. in that they mm. kept associating this thing that they were seeing over and over again with negative things. And I imagine it just like came to a head in that moment where all the 11s appeared. Yeah, I was hoping that the writer was going to say that at 11:11 her friend came in with like a Ferris Bueller style like storming the school confetti like dope outfit just hanging out. <laughs> Have because... you seen Ferris Bueller? No, but okay. I do recall That's a what parade, I, I think. So <laughs> A victorious entrance, let's say. Gotcha. And be like, hey, 11-11, guess what? I win. Right. That's, Take 11 That's back. the retelling of the story we'll, we'll do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love it. So then we're thinking that this is perhaps not a supernatural occurrence, but just an actual human kind of anxiety phobia that was created and nurtured over time. Yeah. We like to balance out the ideas on spirits that it's, you know, sometimes we just project things into the world and that's what we see. And then sometimes like things are inexplicable and we can't explain them. And we we just have to kind of accept that and learn to live with it. Right. And in fact, I would say most of the time I'm projecting things onto the (laughs) my environment that are not real. We do that as people. (laughs) Yeah. I'm already thinking, Um, what would my therapist say about that? You know, about my like feeling insecure in the world and worrying about like the effects of things I can't control on me, you know? Yeah. For me, it's always like slightly annoying, you know, when your therapist is like, you know, it's just not real. It's like you are, it's kind of a story you're telling yourself. And I'm like, okay, well, now what am I supposed to it's do? It's still there just every day. The I know that. <laughs> but that's, that's what I love about Julia teaching me every week about a new story from around the world and throughout time is that like human beings have always looked for meaning. They've sought out patterns. You know, we, we read narrative into the world. We treat other people as the protagonists that we feel like we are in our own lives. It actually makes me feel a lot less alone to know that people have been trying to ritualize, you know, or find a defense against some random thing or something that they feel like they are at the mercy of and trying to explain stuff, trying to get a little bit of control back over stuff. Humans mm-hmm, for, mm-hmm. for tens of thousands of years have been dealing with that and sort of reckoning with it. So it makes me feel a little bit, I don't know, empowered and trust that I'm going to figure this out too. 
Yeah, that's such a good point. Like, we all want to make sense of our lives. That's such an interesting human impulse. You know, it's like, I don't think like armadillos try to make sense of their lives too much. But we like, not only do we want to do that, we want to do it so adamantly and so passionately and in so many different ways. It's like, Mm. just very fascinating. Yeah. And even if we disagree with other people's way that they do that or the belief system that they feel is important to their own life, there's still something fundamental that drives all of us. Yeah. Gosh, I guess I should say to our poor Norwegian patron, I really hope that your friend recovered from her fear of 11 and took control of her life. And that is just... Listen, the year 2022 is going to be hers. She has to start preparing for it now. Yeah. You know, you're going to conquer it. You're twice as good and twice as strong and and twice as capable as you were back in the day. I, I, I feel good vibes coming for you. You can just talk back to that number 11. Be like, yes, it is my moment. I will try to concentrate on this exciting thing that I want and put a little time into me. <laughs> Take a little moment, breathe through it, be with the universe and go on. Gosh, I just love everything you guys say. It's so great. I want to hang out all the time. Okay. <laughs> our last story uh, for today. This is from our patron, Katie, who I kind of also want to hang out with because I think she has a pretty good sense of humor, judging from how she wrote this story. So great. in 2016, I went home to my family house in Elgin. Texas to help my mother declutter a bedroom. She has a lot of (laughs) trouble letting things go. We had finished eating lunch in the living room when I picked up her bag of brownie brittle. I'm reading the ingredients, pleading with the gluten gods that they're magically gluten-free. They're (laughs) not. I don't know if you guys have heard of the gluten gods. It's my first time hearing about them. <laughs> Man, there's definitely like rice gods. I know China and Japan both have rice gods, gods specifically associated with rice. Man, I'm trying to think like, what would I want to be the god of? Or which god did I wish existed for like a kind of a daily life sort of an object, you know? I would really want to make friends with the god of housekeeping and or of dust. <laughs> Because if I could just make a deal where I will sacrifice something expensive and make sure that I do not have to dust my many, many books and plants every week as I currently do. That's fair. I'll bet the the god of dust would be very like uppity too and just trying to like stake their claim in like the god pantheon, but they're always getting like brushed aside. <laughs> yeah. So I did sad. not do that on purpose. So sweet. <laughs> I know. I feel like there's like a a real entropy, you know, of like everyone thinks they have their big fancy events. So I'm just going to slowly take over your entire life and home until you're forced (laughs) to reckon with me. Exactly. You know, I think I would like to meet the god of boiled eggs because I'm just very wildly inconsistent with my boiled egg quality. And I feel like even when I follow instructions, they still seem to not turn out the same. So I would just be like, please let this be a firm but still tender yolk without that gray thing on the outside. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I I think I would want to chill with the god of sleep, any god of sleep, really. I would just love to have the ability to turn my brain off for a exact period of time. Like I'm going to sleep at 10 o'clock. I'm going to wake up at 7 o'clock. Yeah. And just Mm. that happens every time. I know. I would sacrifice a lot for that. That is better than death, Julia. Mm. You're right. Oh, my God. I bet a lot of people would. Do you have trouble sleeping? Yeah, I'm a wildly inconsistent sleeper. Me too. Okay, you guys, what if I'm the god of sleep? (laughs) I don't (laughs) know if you know this, but I sleep all the time. I can do it anywhere on any like (laughs) plane, train, automobile. And I've just always been that way. 
I used to be able to do that like when I was a kid and then I started going on my medication for ADHD, which didn't like really affect it. I don't know. My, I think I just like became a more stressed adult and became wildly more mm. uh, inconsistent mm-hmm. and just stopped taking day naps like I used to. Yeah, mm. me too. I don't. I don't want to be rude, Hannah. We just met, but I hate you. <laughs> I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to be rude, but like I would go to no, Australia totally. all the time. I wouldn't because money. If I could just fast forward through a flight, I feel like I would be a completely different person. <laughs> I know it's like life is hard enough. I mean, I struggle. I can't imagine struggling and being exhausted on top of everything else. I mean, I feel like I'm still exhausted, but God. Um, Okay. Well, you know what? I'm going to look into this and see if I can help you guys out. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. Let us know what sacrifices we need to make and we'll do them. Listen, I'm flexible. I'm going to make a deal here. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. So where were we? Uh, We're decluttering a house. Katie's mom put down some non-gluten-free brownie brittle. The table is currently empty except for the brittle. And the bag slowly and jerkily starts moving across the TV tray. Oh, my God. I'm in total shock. We've always joked the house is haunted, but I've never seen or felt anything only my sisters have. So I'm sitting there with my wide eyes as it moves about six inches. I smack my mom and point at the brittle and I say, look. And then she says, Oh, yeah, I love the toffee kind. I found it at Walmart. (laughs) (laughs) Mom! I scream, no, look at the brownie brittle. And she freezes. My dad freezes. We three grown-ass adults at 1.30 p.m. on a Saturday watch this fucking bag of brownie brittle move a good eight more inches in a different direction. Then, got to love her, my mom grabs the bag, picks it up, saying, oh, hell no. And after about 10 <laughs> seconds, sets it back down. It didn't move again. There's a lot of Texas moxie in this story, I feel. Um, I love it. Now, would you rather discover that it was a ghost or that there was, like, a mouse inside the bag? Yeah, that was my thought, too. Which would you rather? Oh, oh a ghost, for sure. Yeah, the ghost. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Me too. Because the ghost just I mean, left it alone you're... after that. Yeah. Or you'd have to deal right. with a mouse. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not contaminated. I can no. still eat that brownie brittle. I mean, yeah, not ghost, if, not yeah. if you're gluten free. But well, yes. <laughs> I mean, the ghost I can deal with. Having to throw away brownie brittle—that is a tragedy. That like it's just too much for me. I'd rather um, just eat that brownie brittle covered in ectoplasm. Then <laughs> <laughs> it just looked at me so disapprovingly. No, I'm trying to think. I actually was thinking, Julia. If ectoplasm would be closer to the consistency of ice cream or of whipped cream, I imagine it almost like a slightly melted Jello. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. almost like like a good like hot hot fudge. Yes, like a non-set like it sat in the fridge for a little bit, but yes. it's not like jiggly. Yet. So it doesn't it doesn't melt your ice cream, <laughs> but it's still nice and flowy. Yes. Okay. Oh, I could I could mess with some brownie brittle like that. Yeah, like soft peaks, not stiff peaks. <laughs> Our editor Ooh, just uh, sat back down and looked at us as we were <laughs> discussing uh, ectoplasm. Like, I'm and sorry, what? Shook his head. <laughs> Gosh, I always thought it would be like uh, very slimy, but I'm mm-hmm. I, I much prefer to think that ectoplasm is like a you know a homemade whipped cream, perhaps not like really whipped all the way to like mm-hmm. firm peaks, but just kind of getting there. <laughs> so our lovely patron ends the story by saying. Her mother comments, my grandpa loves brownies. I wonder if it was him. Aww, I almost I cried. I love that. Shit my pants. <laughs> what a relatable <laughs> feeling. 
right? <laughs> oh my goodness. So yeah, do we think this is just straight up grandpa's like, oh, fuck yeah, brownie brittle? <laughs> yeah, no, if, I feel like my grandpa would also haunt it solely for some brownie brittle. Yeah, my grandpa was one of those, like, always have the Werther's Caramel in your cardigan pocket grandpas. So I feel mm. like uh, her grandpa was probably either being like, hey, nice job here. It feels great. It's nice and roomy. Or maybe he's moving on to dwell somewhere else and wanted to give a little wave via brownie brittle. Or maybe he's just a little grumbly because you moved his things. That's true. Uh, and now he's like, well, give me that brownie brittle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this brownie brittle belongs six inches to the left. So now I'm just thinking about like a spirit specifically haunting. Are there any spirits that just haunt baked goods? So we have a running joke on the show that Italian food is the most haunted food possible. It is. It just canonically is the most haunted food. Because like so many angry mothers have passed away, like making this amazing food. <laughs> yep. Yeah. How, many, lot of, how many murders have happened in Italian restaurants? A lot of opinions oh about sauces. Mm-hmm. It all stems from a running joke, a chain restaurant called Spaghetti Factory or Spaghetti Warehouse. There's a bunch of different brands, but basically these warehouses full of spaghetti, a bunch of them are haunted. Yeah, they take over old buildings and then rehab them in like lower, cheaper parts of town. And fill them with antiques. Fill them with antiques, including always an old trolley car. Mm-hmm. Fucking haunted, I hate that. And then serve <laughs> subpar Italian food. So it really is a recipe for disaster. And it's also we haunting. had a full Urban Legends episode, an hour long, with listener stories only about restaurants. And many of them were of spaghetti warehouses slash factories. So we <laughs> believe that there is no place for fettuccine Afredo. There's, Alfredo. There's no place for spaghetti. Spaghetti. There's Can just. Can come up with a good lasagna one? Lasagna. Oh, yeah, sorry. It's just, it's just the name. It's scary. There is oh a lot God. of haunted potential in uh, in Italian food. Yes. Wow. The food, okay, the food that is, is a micro history that I want to read. I just want to read a book that's all about haunted Italian eateries, possibly on the Northeastern seaboard. <laughs> Listen to SpearsPodcast.com, click on the episode page, and we have a tag just for Spaghetti Warehouse. Also, oh my God, that's so funny. get at us if you want us to write a book about haunted Italian restaurants. Oh, hell yeah. We're Thanks, available. publishers. Oh. We're so available. <laughs> Okay, this dream is now my dream. I need you guys to write this book. So don't worry, we're going to make it happen. Let's find me a publisher. All I want is a travel show where Julia and I get to go to speakeasies and like local haunts in different cities and talk about ghost stories. Yeah. That's all I want. Oh like like ghost hunters, but I would better. watch the shit out of that. Yes, absolutely. Listen, like, when, why are uh, going to hear all this sad stuff? When Hannah Hart gets back from set, she can introduce me to all of her friends at Food Network. <laughs> <laughs> and we can make this thing happen. Yes, do it. Up. I mean, we just we won't. We'll be like, just listen to the last five minutes of this podcast episode. We got a pitch. It's perfect, mm-hmm. and I think it speaks for itself. Because, gosh, I was just actually in Italy for a couple of days, and now I'm mm-hmm. so sad that I did not look into haunted eateries. Ah, there are. I couldn't even go back. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Julia and Amanda, for being here. That is all the time we have today. Um, Gosh, I love you guys. I'm so happy you're here. I'm I love you. Thank you for having us. Thank you. It was so fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Oh, good. I'm so glad. I hope we can all get together sometime and talk about more scary shit. Yes, um, please. <laughs> so, 
guys, if you have not listened to a Spirits podcast yet, I don't know what you're doing with your life. It's amazing. You can find it at spiritspodcast.com or Spirits Podcast on the social meds, I believe. Is there um, anything else you guys wanted to plug or talk about? Or We are part of a podcast collective called Multitude. So we make shows where we are enthusiastic and celebratory and welcoming, but still critical about stuff that we love. So much like on Spirits, we talk about stories, not all of which are unproblematic. So we mm-hmm. have lots of shows. You put Multitude into your podcast player or go to multitude.productions. It'll list all of the shows there. Whether you like mythology, or Harry Potter or basketball or Dungeons and Dragons, we have a show for you. Cool. I'm going to check that out, guys. Well, obviously, you know where to find Hanalyze This, Twitters, etc. at Hanalyze Pod. And if you want to become a patron and get all kinds of cool stuff and also submit things for future episodes, go to patreon.com slash Hanalyze This. We still don't have a sign-off. Okay, so Amanda and Julia, can you please do the sign-off for this episode? We keep trying to come up with like a phrase, you know, like a goodbye, guys, and eat a lot of spaghetti or whatever. Um, All right, so I was here's what we're going to do. You guys wanted to throw it out there. We are going to say our sign-off. And then at the end of it, you are going to say, stay Hannah. Are you ready? <laughs> okay. Ready? All right. right. Remember, listeners, stay creepy, stay cool. Stay Hannah. Yay! <laughs> Perfect. We did it. <laughs> okay, bye guys. We'll see All you right. next time. Thank you so much. See you. <laughs> yeah.